you are now about to witness the awesome crushing might of the U.T.S. Robinson Show Stop yeah. Welcome my friends to the three five of the show that never ends. You know what we're talking about today, don't you? Uh pre-crane Cambrian pre-renaissance. Italian thought? No. Teutonic morality? Maybe. Greek pottery? Pre-Etruscan. Modern situationalist? Fluxus movement. Herman Neitz? Amiri Baraka before he became Amiri Baraka and was just Leroy Jones. No, we're not talking about any of that, except in passing. What we're talking about, UFC 229, and to kick it off, Bob Riley. Stigmata, Calling of the Just, the song is Intro, All of Nothing, and it's kicked off some variation of this show since 2007. Listen to the words he says. Still available from Revelation Records. Playing the beach, California, city where they hit your car with a hammer. I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. Always nothing. All right, okay, we don't have a lot of time. So I, I usually let him play out that last always nothing i'm taking a real good look at you and i'm taking a real good look at your face thank you for showing up i'm gonna put this on so it's not so uh uh sketch We're, i want to do something different today one of you guys and i don't know that you want your name mentioned and in actual fact i don't know your name in, in order to mention it but you said hey do you are you seeing the comments and i haven't really invested the time necessarily to figure out uh, there we go I think I'm coming through the headset now to figure out. I'm not so strong in the technology. Haven't figured out how to look at the live tweets, but I think I would find the live tweets. I mean, I see it in the right column, and I think it would be um, a little distracting. Uh, but uh, he suggested uh, questions, running questions. So during this show, we're going to have a, a question period. I'm going to say question period, but to get a hold of me, all you got to do is DM me via Twitter uh your question and, and and i'll answer it and we'll do it like for five minutes uh, and then in the interim maybe i'll figure out how to do the group chat and we could do it that way in any case this is a trial run probably in order to do that you're going to have to follow me or invite me or i don't know how it works on twitter but connect to me at twitter it's at eugene s robinson that's my twitter handle and the reality of it is i need to get i need to get five thousand by the end of 2018 uh, one of my supposed work goals, 25% of my bonus uh, structure at my real paying job is contingent on that. I don't mind being honest and coming out and telling you that. So anyway, uh, let's get right to UFC 229. Um, and uh, those of you who are on the Twitter were watching or reading the kind of stuff I was tweeting last night. Of course, I couldn't sleep a wink. Got up early. It was going to tweet early. And I said, nah, got to walk outside. I got to put the finger in the air. I got to figure out what's going on and how it's going on. And I've done that. Talked to a variety of folks. Got my scuttlebutt. Got some spies. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I'm near San Jose, so I got some spies. And uh, sorry about that. And um, and let, let, let's just go. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go from to and got into arguments with people. You know, who will stand against me if 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 
Well, how does that work? <laughs> There's nobody standing with who will stand against me with Mike Mulholland stand. Who will stand against me if Mike Mulholland stands with me? We're every single Irish guy I know stands with me. But that that's not necessarily the case. So let's, as usual, we go back. We go ass in forward. For example, do you realize that when God appeared to Moses as a burning bush, some guy Claire. The guy's name was Claire. I now remember. I couldn't remember before. Strange name for a man. C-L-A-R-E. He said it was never a bush. It was really the ass of God. God realized that his front would would, would melt uh, melt Moses' mind. So he actually shows him his, 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 his back. I said, so he talked to him from behind. He, he said, no, no. He actually showed him his ass. This is what Claire uh, was telling me. He used to I publish a couple of his pieces in... Uh, the Birth of Tragedy, a magazine I used to publish. So as usual, we're going to take a similar approach. If we go at it straight on, it's too much for your mind to handle. So we're going to go ass in. Similarly, we can't get to the fight without talking about the fight after the fight. So you, you have two camps and you have one camp that, that, you know, the equivocation camp that says, is this very much different from throwing the dolly at the bus? Um, and they drill down a little bit deeper with a second point, is it very much different from slapping uh, Artem Lobov, um, um, you know, in the face? And should the, a, 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 and the equivocators, in my mind, are, are missing the point uh, in total, in total. So I want to go, I'm going to go even further out. And I'm going to talk about, um, you've heard me uh, tell this story before um, about the woman who, married a prisoner. This was an article that was written in Hustler. As you know, I used to write for Hustler. It's an article that was written in Hustler. And this woman, it was about uh, Christian women meeting uh, meeting men online and marrying them and about how that was men in prison and marrying them. Um, and maybe not online, but through some special service and how this was generally a bad idea. And this one woman talks about, he was so nice. He was so sweet. I, I knew in a vague way what he was in prison for. But he was such a nice guy, you know, I just couldn't, I, I just thought he had been given a, a raw deal. Your kind always just, I made a mistake. I thought that that was uh, uh, the Maltese Falcon. That was actually the big sleep. She said, wish me luck, Shamus. I got a raw deal. She goes, oh, your kind always does. So um, she gets married to this guy and their first conjugal visit, which is on the grounds of the prison. It happens in the trailer. And she's like saying, it was the most humiliating experience of my entire life. It was humiliating. It was the most humiliating. And I'm reading this thing. Yeah, I was one of the few dummies who read Hustler. I mean, I was writing for it. I guess I should read it. The magazine came every month. But I was like, I didn't write the piece, but I, I generally like the non-sex pieces. But this was a, geez, what fucking disgusting, depraved thing that this prisoner that she married make her do. And so in the middle of the wonderful, beautiful lovemaking we were have, having, we were, uh, he was behind me and, and I felt this thing on my back and he had spit on my back. He spit on me. And I was like, well, that's the most humiliating thing that's ever happened to you. You do realize that for some people, that's a peak of eroticism. And I started to think about the nature of humiliation. It's a great motivating factor. It's one of those, it's tied in somehow to, to how, how they, they trundle young men off to war. They give them these kind of fuzzily, hazily defined things like porno. You don't know it, but you know it when you feel it. Honor, loyalty. I'm big on loyalty, but I, loyalty has real world corollaries. That means I will not stab that guy in the back. That's it. But the honor thing is kind of hazy. And humiliation also exists on that, on that, on that, on that, on that level of, of, you know, amorphous culture bound insignificance in my mind. All right. So she's talking about humiliation. She was humiliated. She was terribly, terribly humiliated. I mean, memory works in a strange way. We came up in the Blasey Ford uh, uh, um, Senate hearing, congressional hearing, where she was talking about where it exists in the brain or sense. Well, she wasn't talking about that, her memory of it. But memory is a fucking bitch. You know, you combine memory, an actual thing, with, with words like honor and loyalty. You remember after World War One. Hitler uses, when he gives his speeches about World War I, from the time he got back from World War I to the streets of Berlin, every, this word came up more, I haven't counted, but humiliated. Humiliation. That was, that was the, 
the gasoline additive that fueled the Nazi war machine. They, when, when he demanded they, they sign the Treaty of Versailles in the same uh, railroad car that they had to sign the armistice in, and he's doing a little dance after it, what do you think that was about? That his, his, his sense of self and his national identity and, and what he thought was a national identity had been uh, encroached upon by the sense of them as losers. It was unacceptable, symbolically and in reality, unacceptable. Okay, in, in reality, in that instance, they were demanding reparations of the kind of, you know, pretty substantial reparations, going to bankrupt Germany, Nazi Germany, and well, what became Nazi Germany. Um, look, I'm not going to, look, let's get, uh, that's a side, a sideline. So, so we have memory as it combines with honor, loyalty, and, and uh, the sense of humiliation that drove this woman to, ha to, to define getting less than probably three fluid ounces on her back as the most humiliating experience of, of her life. So I started to think about this last night because, you know, it, it, in, the in the trial of public opinion, what kept coming up with the equivocators was, okay, it, he talked about his father, he talked about his religion, he talked about his country, and those are sanctionable items. Those are things that you you have crossed the line. I even had a friend at one point. He said, well, Eugene, that's just what I believe. You've got to respect my beliefs. I'm like, why? Why? You know what your beliefs are to me? Your big beliefs are big chunks of stinky dog shit covered with flies and maggots. That's what your beliefs are to me. He goes, well, now, Eugene, I'm getting upset. Really? Blow me. Well, usually you go, but yes, and we've talked about this on old shows that there's a there's a there's a, a, a judicial stand, a, a jurisprudential standard of fighting words, things that you could say to a reasonable person that that that, that would cause them to flip out. I'm going to have to question your your definition of reasonable, like my friend from what used to be Soviet Georgia used to say, Booby, if you know him, would say, Eugene, anybody can say anything they want to me, but the second they put their hands on me, it's all over. It is all over. I, okay, I got it because there's the old adage about the father comes to the sons. He goes, sons, you know, they stole our, I think one of our neighbors stole our chickens and the, and the sons go, oh, father, it's okay. It's just a chicken. And then they come back and they steal the lambs. And they say, oh, father, it's just a lamb. And they come back and they steal the goat. Oh, father, it's just a goat. It's just a cow. It's just a horse. Then they come back and they rape and kill all the women. And then the father goes, it was just a chicken, huh? Th th this is an old adage. An adage, incidentally, from the part of the world where Dagestan sits. So there's all this, all the equivocators are thinking he 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 insulted his father, he insulted his country, he insulted his religion. So what? I got to go back to Glengarry Glenn Ross with Jonathan Price is having that speech with uh, uh, Al Pacino, and he goes, you know, some guys. You know, think that when you die that you're going to go to a place with clouds and angels playing harps and they call it heaven. I don't. We have a different belief system. And I frankly don't give a shit if you respect my beliefs. I don't know. What, what does respect mean? Respect means you don't make fun of me for my beliefs because if you make fun of me, it's going to hurt my feelings. It's going to hurt my feelings. I guess you the the essential tenet of being a man is that is that you got to shoulder your burdens without complaint. Do my feelings get hurt? Yes, they get hurt. Though my kids say that I've got I've got ADD attributes, Asperger's. I I have hard time making emotional connection with people and and uh, the things that don't bother me. And in fact, when I got have got into street fights, typically I'll lean in and say what I think is the most insulting thing. And I'm not a big fan of using cuss words. So I was not going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these have no effect. I'll typically lean in and say, you know what? I'd like for your mother to do to me. I like to and just say the most foul thing using non Anglo-Saxonisms, no curse words, but just clinically lay out exactly and you know, they say psychopaths and sociopaths, they have a hard time registering what other people are thinking and feeling. I've got a pretty good sense of what people are thinking and feeling because it's happened enough. I lean in and look into their eyes and I tell them exactly, you know, the most insulting and hurtful thing I could think to say. And, and they always get the same look on their face. It's shock and hurt and then they attack me. How is it that violence is going to restore your honor? 
What is your honor? Your honor is, is a prevailing sense that we have in the social contract that I won't hurt your feelings if you don't hurt my feelings. And you got all these fucking countries where everybody's aggrieved. I've been to Israel. I've been to Jordan. That shit's never going to be solved ever. I know I said nuclear power would never, you know, the anti-nuke movement would never gain. And that did, you know, and it did. And I know I never said that I said that the Beastie Boys would never make it, and they did. And I know I said that suicidal tendencies in the bottle service would never make it, and they did. And I know I said that the internet was a flash in the pan, like ham radio or, or, or CB radio, and it stuck around. We're talking through it right now. I know I made all those mistakes before in the past, but what I'm telling you right now is that um, I, 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 uh, I'm glad you think your beliefs are, 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 can be restored by violence, but you know I don't think so. I had a guy, a guy call me. I had made a pass at his girlfriend, um, which he found out by going through her personal belongings. Uh, however, what he didn't see was, of course, that his girlfriend had told a common friend of ours, "I'd like to get with Eugene." So Eugene's like, "Okay," and the guy's like calling me and he's cursing and he's screaming. I say, "Hey, you know what?" Um, I'll be glad to meet you someplace, you know? I mean, let's just, I don't have a lot of time, but I'll be glad to meet you someplace. He goes, oh, I know your type. You're gonna come, I know you're a fighter guy. You're gonna fight. I go, I'm not gonna fight. He goes, I'm gonna bring somebody. Oh, you can bring whoever you like, you know? And, and I said, I'm fully willing to let you punch me as many times as you think is necessary to improve the quality of your relationship. How many times do you think you're gonna have to punch me before you feel better about your relationship? Eight? 10, would you need to knock me out? I mean, this is why horror movies don't work anymore for me because you only have, I, I have but one life to give. And what are you gonna do after that? People are like, oh, the, the bald one needs to worry about the Chechens now because he's got, I said, the bald one's sitting pretty. He is sitting pretty. He's got everything he wants. He's got a vulnerable uh, uh, a Khabib and he's got a pliable McNuggets. That's what, what else is there? What else is there? And he's got something that everybody's talking about. And uh, anywhere he moves, he loses. Sometimes this could be good for business. It's not on CBS. Last time there was a, a cage clearing brawl, it was on CBS with Gus. Uh, I wear makeup. Uh, who's I can't remember his last name. And it was uh, the 209 boys, you know, wobble, wobble, uh, the Diaz's. So, so, so violence can, can restore honor somehow. I mean, you got to understand what Connor was doing was his job. Now, the, 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 argument, uh, the argument that I got into with, with the wife was she said, you know, I don't like bullies. And, and, and McNuggets is a fucking bully, and I don't like it. And I said, um, hmm, a bully. I think he was doing his job. I think that's what, she goes, well, I don't, I don't like that job, she said. I don't, I don't like it. I said, well, you're right. Eddie Goldman, who had been one of the first and foremost kind of MMA guys who was reporting on this shit back in in 1994 or where 93, whenever I started. I mean, I've been in since UFC number one. So I was one of the first ones to write a national article for it, did it for GQ magazine. Steve Friedman was my editor at the time, pulled me in to do it. It was on the Sean Penn issue. You can find it online somewhere. Goldman was out pretty quickly, pretty quickly after Fertitas bought it. He goes, you know, it used to be this great kind of uh, Chautauqua of, uh, look it up, Chautauqua of people who cared about techniques, were interested in fighting styles. It was, it was a nerd fest for fighters. And it was like a, like, a, like a family. And he goes, now it's the lowest common denominator of people grabbing their crotches and flipping each other off and trying to be outrageous. I go, oh, you mean it's rock and roll? He goes, yeah, well, fuck rock and roll. I go, ah, yeah, well, okay. And so he's trying to cover boxing like there's some sort of purity in boxing. You know, if you if you've noticed, there's a lot of cross pollination. You know, they're doing uh, Canelo is doing uh, uh, commercials for his upcoming fight where he's just got hand wraps on. He's smudged with dirt and he's in the desert. It's kind of very much like the, the, the UFC packages. You know, UFC is, uh, uh, you know, the whole entry, the whole now bench clearing ball. Mike Tyson loads in and says this is worse than anything I did. So McGregor's doing his job. All right his job you don't like his job the only reason you watched that fight last night was because he did his job in the past that's why you watched it if you're going to tell me otherwise i'm going to say bullshit you protested too much oh this is bought when is it when since when has it bothered you when when i mean my wife is she's a, she's a, not a fan at all so she says well i used to like him but i don't i used to like you and jj you know the polish 
connection and uh, she's talking crazy. I mean, it should be enough to do the fight. And, and Khabib himself has come out and said, it should be enough just to do the fight. Really? Really? Let's talk to John Peretti and find out if that's enough. John Peretti was a previous owner of, of the UFC. When he was struggling to put together events and running from pillar to post. Let's ask him. Let's ask a boxing promoter. Let's ask any of the sports in which uh, you've seen on the evening news. There was recently a baseball dust up when they changed the rules about hockey. One of the rules they didn't change was those guys, the enforcers on hockey teams fight every fucking night. If you read my fight book, fighter, everything you ever want to know about ass kicking, where you get your ass kicked for asking uh, on Harper Collins, still available from Amazon. You just type in Eugene S. Robinson fight. It's there on Amazon. Uh, you can get it cheap. I have a signed copy going out to the dude who bid on it. Uh, I got, I'll, I'll email you. Um, but those guys said, yeah, I got your UFC guys. I got your boxer guys. You know how many, as a hockey enforcer, Ty Domi and uh, uh, Chris Knuckles Nyland, I interviewed, they said, you know how many times I fought? Every night. You know what that does to a man's psyche? A lot. You know what? why it's part of the game? It puts asses in the seat. The animal portions of our brain are stimulated. The predator-prey instinct are stimulated. Why do you think the, the casino last night was full of fights that are now eking the way? There have been, at least by my unofficial measure, at this point in time, which is the afternoon after the evening of the fight, there have been at least five separate uh, crowd crowd <laughs> crowd-funded fight videos, and they funded it with fighting. Funded fighting with fighting. Now, now the, the exculpatory says that they were, in other words, they used the, the fighting words argument that they were induced, they were induced to, to, to seek redress through violence um, because significant, you know, certain things can't be called back and there's certain places you don't go and this is the way to respond. Really? Is that the way to respond? Since when? Since forever, I guess, which is why we are where we are. Why? Well, this is no different. Man, come on. The easiest thing in the world would have been for dude to take his to to stand up after the overly long, you know, after the overly, overly long uh, uh, neck crank. Say something to him like, how's your neck feel, pricko? Or say something in Russian or just give him the finger or spit on him, which is technically still an assault. You grab your belt, hold your hands up in the air, and you are done. So yeah, well, Connor, I somebody approached me. Well, Connor jumped over with Jose Aldo. He jumped over to taunt him. It's very different from you know, uh, two foot crowd diving, punching people in the face. That shit is very different. And in the end, you know how I, I know it was different because look at what one got versus what the other got. And spin it the way you like. This is not a win for Khabib. You know who wasn't there? Let me tell you who wasn't there. You know who wasn't there at the at the at the um, at the uh, uh, in, during any of that during any of that action. You know who I didn't see at all? I didn't see Javier. Javier Mendez is one of the smartest guys I know in MMA. And Javier Mendez not only has been smart as a former champion himself, ISKA kickboxing championship champion. Javier has been doing this since I met him when we trained Muay Thai together in 1988. There's no, there's, there's a reason why AKA is the winningest. I didn't see Bob Cook. I didn't see the only person I saw in there eventually was DC. And DC was using some Vulcan mind meld to say, bro, bro, I don't have a guy what my dudes. And then Dana had to say, if I put that belt on you, there's gonna be everything that could be thrown in this cage is gonna be thrown in this cage. You need to think about getting out of here. We'll be, I fight them. Mm. Yeah. Are you fucking crazy? Are you crazy? I had some woman, uh, actually, I, I can't say her name, Lydia Lunch. She, we were gonna make a movie together called Psycho Menstrum. Menstrum. And um, it was about thrill killers. And I was going to play a psycho cop who was chasing these thrill killers. And uh, so I got the, the rumba cleaning outside. 
And, and you know, she, I was gonna be a psycho cop. I was gonna catch him and beat the fuck out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing my method thing. I'm like getting into it. And she kind of pauses for a second, looks at me, and says, uh, "You know, we're talking about acting. Since kind of fucking lunatic you think I am? I got that. It's a movie. Cameras, lights, action. Ba boom, you go. I got that. But you have to do that sometimes. When I fought Vladimir Matashenko down at uh, Real American Wrestling, uh, Rico Ciparelli's place, you know." He said, look, this, Eugene's a journalist. He's going to come in. He's going to do fight you. He's going to. And Vlad is like this, nodding his head for people who are just listening. And I said, so, you know, he gets that this is just for an article. Uh huh. He's just nodding his head. And they, the bell goes off and he goes. And I was not entirely sure that the language thing that he understood. And uh, so he's going pretty hard. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to just get killed out here. I got to do something. To re- and I do something to respond. And then, boom, he's like, okay. <laughs> it kind of, I got kind of hard. I got hit kind of hard there. I was much younger then, but you know, whatever. So Khabib is like, "Well, what the fuck, man? I want to fight everybody. Fuck this guy. You know, you want to, you want to. You're, you. Somebody even said uh, the line I like to use, a variation of the line I like to use. You know, you're paying into a bank account that I'm going to pay you later out of. That's what he was doing. So there was some. The equivocators were like, "Look." You brought this on. You you poked a bear, and you got bitten by the bear. Like I have in my in my Instagram signer, or was it Instagram or one of these things? I said, uh, yeah, I think it's Instagram. Do tigers have a sense of humor? Well, there's only one way to find out. But once you touch a tiger, everything that the, the, everything that you get from tiger to you, you got coming. It was coming to you. But if you just talk to a tiger, you could spend your whole day, tiger, you're fucking fat. You're fucking fat, tiger. Look at you, tiger. You're a fat piece of shit, you fucking Look at you. I hate you. You're fucking fish eating. And a tiger will do absolutely. And you could spread that out to other major, major predators. Go out, go, 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 go give. And my wife, I use that example. She goes, well, that's the nature of language. Okay, they don't understand. They don't understand. What do they understand? What's a universal language? A slap in the face is a universal language everywhere. I can be understood anywhere. I can go to the deepest, darkest regions of, of Amazon and slap somebody in their face, and they get what I mean. When they talk about language, they sometimes it was like a slap in the face. Like? It wasn't like a slap in the face. A slap in the face is like a slap in the face. So this argument, it, what I'm building up now, is an argument against the argument that there was a causes belli, which is a cause for war, that Khabib had a cause for war. He didn't have a cause for war. He didn't have a cause for war. He was sitting pretty, and he snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Well, how can you say that, Eugene? You think he got a lot of calls from from uh, agents who are interested in representing him for TV commercials, uh, TV movies, or TV shows? Do you think he has any endorsement deals that he's checks? He's, do you even think he got his paycheck for the evening? No, I could tell you, because the Nevada Athletic Commission is holding it. You say, well, you know, the same thing could happen to Carly. I just, I hate this equivocating thing. That, if you were a parent, you would say, we're not talking about that now. We're talking about you. Connor had to pay some money. And he had to go to trial. Well, he got a slap on the wrist. Okay, is that what you want? You want to be arrested and you want to go to trial? Slap on the wrist. Can you afford what he can afford by way of, 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 uh, of uh, a fine? The, the most truthful thing that Khabib said was, my father's going to fucking kill me. Some variation of that. He's going to smash me. Why is that? Why is his father good? Because by the benefit of age and distance, he realizes that what you do is fucking heap victory on top of victory. You don't put a bunch of fucking shit in there that puts you at at, at the whims of, of, of essentially Stalin's Russia. <laughs> like he said when he was torturing those guys, do they? How much does Russia weigh? I don't know. The guy torturers ran off and came back, and they were like, well, "How much does Russia weigh? We don't know." Uh, let me put it this way. Does Russia weigh more than dude? <laughs> dude doesn't weigh more than Russia. His father knows about the process and the system and them. It's always inarticulate, guys. Look, we used to have a game when I was a kid called Dozens. 
Now, kids on the streets of Brooklyn, what do we know about the dozens? We know because your parents say, we used to play Ring Alivio. We used to play Skelly. We, these are games we used to play in the Bronx. Skelly, all Johnny on a Pony, all these games, Seven Minutes in Heaven, uh, hot, peas and, hot Peas and Butter. These are games that we city kids used to play. And there was one called the dozens. And the dozens is an, essentially an insult game. And you insult each other fundamentally in this, until one person breaks. And they typically break by getting their feelings hurt again, crying, attacking you, or uh, or or the other person wins by securing uh, securing the greatest number of laughs. Hip hop, uh, rap battles are are a derivation of that. And the whole line: if you were your mom is so fat that when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. Oh yeah, your mom mom is so fat that that uh, when a cop comes up to her, he says on a street corner, he says, "Break it up, break it up." Oh, yeah, your mother's so fat. Yeah, so you get the idea. I always loved that game. My mother was appalled that I would play it. She goes, she tried to explain to me, you know, you might be smarter than some people, you know? So when you call them stupid, it makes them feel bad. I go, so? She means so. It's not good to feel bad. I go, and yet it happens. She goes, I'm not, look, I'm not arguing with you. Yes, you are. <laughs> Is it a wonder I made it full term? She goes, listen, maybe you just should have called these people stupid. I go, he did something stupid. He did something stupid. You do enough stupid things, you've earned the right to be called stupid. And if you don't like it, what do you go? Go ahead, hit me. If you think that makes me think that you're any less stupid, you're wrong. So this is a game that we used to play called the dozens. I don't know why it was called the dozens. I'm sure with the internet, so you could figure out why it's called the dozens. <coughs> I mean, I <coughs> Keep in mind, as I didn't have siblings till I was like 10, my mother did a very good job of, of ridiculing me at home, not out of hatred or, or, or dysfunction, but she correctly figured out that, um, you know, as a kid without siblings, that I was going to go into the street. She didn't, she hadn't gleaned the alpha nature of my existence. And she figured, well, you know, kids, the school, like Bukowski talks about the, the great American schoolyard. The great American schoolyard is tough. It's tough, tough, tough. So, you know, you need to, you know, need to inoculate your kid against it. So she'd make fun of the, the size of my forehead and how I walked and, you know, things that fundamentally I just thought were very funny when she did it. So my attitude was like, I don't know, I care what you, you know, what you say, you know. I, so people said, look, okay, okay, we were talking about jealousy at jiu-jitsu the other day. And I said, well, there are, two types of, there are two types of jealous situations. There's when somebody is trying to fuck your partner because they're, they're driven by an overwhelming sense of love and attraction, and you can't stand in the way of that. If that's happening, if that person, you might think you love your partner and they love you, but if you, see, if you stand in the face of that overriding love, you got to go, okay, who, who am I? If this is the life-defining love that you're going to live to your end of years, you got to go for it. I'm sorry. If you're telling me we made a mistake, I got to believe you. And that's the jealousy that evaporates. The other type of jealousy is when the guy, in this instance for me, that the guy making the approach to your partner is trying to send you a message. Like, I can do this kind of shit, Conor, Conor McNuggets says, without, without sanction or repercussion. So, oh, I see. You want to send me a message? <laughs> There's really nothing. She's secondary. I got it. Well, let's let, 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 let now now I understand the rules of the game. Let us play that game. Do I show up like that guy threatened to do and beat me up? Like that guy threatened to do who threatened to beat me up? Do I do that? Show up? Or do I use my words to create a situation that causes you essentially an adult version of dozens? Or alternatively, since we're playing sleeping with each other's partners, do I make an inroads to your partner? I had to end up telling the guy, oh, oh, I thought you guys were swingers. S swingers? He goes, hey, man, I, I, I wouldn't mind if you tried to have sex with my girlfriend. He's like, wow. And I could see him doing the calculation, trying to figure out how attractive she could be. Like, well, he's talking about a force of that. That might be it. And he caught himself. He goes, ah, oh, no, this is a trick. It's not a trick, man. You can't restore on. You can't restore some fantasy thing with other with some concrete thing. I can't restore loyalty. I can't restore honor. I can't restore respect with punches in the face. I can't do it. So as far as I'm concerned, Khabib fucked up. He fucked up. You know how badly he fucked up? 
He fucked up that we're not even talking about the fight, but I'm not going to obscure that. I'm not going to say what happened after the fight. Like I said, we're going to go through the back end of it. What happened in that fight, I, I don't say he screwed it up because, because of the after activity. I'm going to say that that fight was able to be screwed up with because fundamentally it was only a mediocre fight. <laughs> I know, don't start hollering about this yet. Don't start hollering, let me explain. It was a mediocre fight, how? How was it mediocre, Eugene? It was mediocre because nothing happened. That, yeah, and yes, I did pick Connor. Because, and I made a miscalculation, which I've owned up to. I said in early stages, I said, I don't really care who wins. I think it'll be a good fight no matter what. It wasn't a good fight no matter what. So here, here are my calculations. I thought it's easier, it'll be easier for Conor McGregor to chuck Liddell it than it will be, which, by which I mean, by which I mean he'll learn uh, um, uh, a sprawl, learn some basic ground defense. Um, and and essentially essentially hold enough of his own on the ground so that he can spend enough time when the guy tries to shoot pegging him you know uh, and, and stopping him stinging him so i figured that that connor this is a game of inches could get better as a wrestler more significantly than than khabib could get better as a boxer that was a calculation i made even knowing that AKA has a really serious boxing coach who mocks me and used to call me Don King. Yes, we should do the three-hour Eugene Festivus show, airing of, 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 uh, airing of gripes. Yeah, and it would take about three hours. So that was a miscalculation. So I did, I did pick Conor, but I don't feel bad that Conor lost. I feel bad that people are insisting that, that you know, trying to spackle over the reality of what what could be gained and what he lost. So you, you know, a, uh, <laughs> so um, so the fight itself was was actually um, was not, nothing happened that you didn't expect to happen. When they were dry early on, wrestle mugged him to the floor. And fundamentally, I, I I got some argument from some of the guys at jujitsu today. I said he lost to uh, he lost to Khabib in the same way that he lost to uh, Nate Diaz. Anybody who takes jujitsu, the second with Nate Diaz when he goes to his stomach, everybody is like, we're looking the room around the room, go, come on, what are you doing? Come on, at Eugene S. Robinson Twitter. That's in a few minutes. We're going to have the question and answer thing. Or if you send your questions in, if you DM, DM them, I will I will answer them. But you have to sign up at Eugene S. Robinson to get me your questions during a live portion of the show. So come on, come on. And then against Khabib, you know, he he, he you know, he gets his back taken and he gets choked again. You're like, come on. And one of the jujitsu guys said, he said, listen. He used the Mike Tyson exit. I go, what was that? You know, Richard, the, the ref who was the Richard uh, uh, Holyfield and Tyson said, if you do that again, I'm stopping the fight. It was crazy enough they did it the first time, bite Holy Holyfield's ear. But the second time, he was just looking for a way to get out. So his attitude, the guy at Jiu-Jitsu today, his attitude was like, Connor was tired at a DS fight, wanted to get out, rolled to his stomach, and orders, fuck it. I'm, there's a door. There's an exit. I want the exit. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. So there was some kind of complicity. I, I don't buy that argument. I think it's a crazy argument. I don't, I don't really buy it. But it's clear. One, a couple of things are clear. It's clear that Khabib, and I know this for a fact, when Camarillo, Dave Camarillo, Guerrilla Jiu-Jitsu separated from AKA, I don't know who they have doing Jiu-Jitsu there now, um, but wrestlers typically make a lot of similar mistakes when they try to get over. But, you know, Khabib is not just a wrestler. He's a Sambo guy. Okay, okay. He's not a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy. He may have started, you know, grappling is grappling. No, no, not, not, not necessarily. So Connor, in my mind, did nothing surprising. He said, oh, he got manhandled. So you mean a guy who hasn't been in the cage since 2016 got manhandled? Like, that's a surprise? You got to understand what kind of a nuclear bomb this is. 
and why it benefits the only the Baldwin and no one else. Khabib is damaged goods. Don't don't disagree. I mean, I'm in in the grand scheme of things, no show, no spots on Kimmel. Oh, he doesn't care about that. I, my Twitter feed is full of what Khabib doesn't care about. He doesn't care about his purse. He doesn't care about. Okay, why the fuck is he fighting then? He he fights for honor and pride. Well, hey, you're kind of in the wrong business, bro. You're you're in the jumping monkey business. You're in the funny talking business, funny talking business, and you get more asses in the seat business. You got you know you, you you show up in a suit and you say funny things and people show up. That's the business you're in. Well, there shouldn't be any trash talk. Oh, stop it! Again, get John Peretti on the phone. See how big the UFC was when they could get when the Fertitas bought it for a song and a willingness to to pay his debts. You know, keep your own counsel. You don't want to play that game. That's all right. You know how you know you know how you could have had a you know. Oh, he's a chicken. He's got the Chechens have chicken jaws. I'm just looking forward to the fight on October sixth. Thank you very much. Laka Gravas. Look it up. If you don't know, it's a, a reference to 1970s sitcom. Andy Kaufman is Latka Gravis. You, you know, so let's look what he, what, what he, what, I mean, the fight itself was wrestle mugging and a submission. He said, oh, you, you know, it was a good fight. Oh, really? Was it as good as a Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor fight? Don't fucking lie. It wasn't. It wasn't. So, so what are we left with? We're left with a, a, a vulnerable uh, um, um, uh, Khabib, who now has got three of his guys. Three of his guys were in jail, but Connor refused to press charges. Connor's no Colby Crappington. He refused to press charges because he understands it's a game. We're playing a game. It's not reality. It's fundamentally what I had to tell this guy who was like, you can come over and punch me as many times as you want if you think that's going to improve your relationship and how he ended the phone conversation. I'll see you around somewhere. Okay. Okay. I said, you know, in real life, on the real planet, in the real world, sometimes people get hurt and they never come back from some of this thing, some of these things. And then Monday morning, when somebody wakes up in a jail cell, they go, "Man, was that the fuck am I? How is it worth it?" Guy said to, something about your father, and well, it's easy for you to say, Eugene, you have no pride. So, <laughs> cares? Who cares? I don't fuck care. Well, that's because you got this kind of Asperger's, you know, kind of uh, you know, spectrum uh, autism thing. Whatever. I, I got my priorities straight. I have my priorities straight. So Khabib won the fight, but that's not what we're talking about. And then if we actually look at the fight, then it gets eclipsed by Derek the Beast Lewis. It gets a, a, a Kukui. It gets eclipsed by Tony Ferguson and Pettis. He, he, he brought Pettis back from the dead. Pettis was so fucking happy. He was like, man. Pettis is like the Jesus of MMA. He was dead and now he lives. And he managed to stay out of the Lost Battalion by like, he was like, he fundamentally said, I'm just happy to be alive. He didn't make any sign of the belt around his waist. I'm back, baby. I'm back in the mix. Say anything like that. My hand is broken. I'm out. A great fight. This guy's a warrior. Those are the good things to say. So we're going along. We're talking about the after after effect. We're talking about who was jailed, who was not. Those guys who jumped in the cage, ones who were on the UFC roster, they've lost their jobs. So you want to talk about, you know, equivocation? Oh, how come the Irish don't don't give me this aggrieved people's bit? I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about your feelings. I don't want to hear when when Connor was throwing that shit about your father should have stabbed Kadriov, and I was like, that's reckless talk. That's reckless talk. How do I know that? Well, because that time I was got my throat cut by a Mossad agent who was in my house as I'm eating breakfast, and I was mocking him. 
and he grabs a butter knife and holds it to my throat and says, there, I could kill you. I go, shit, while I eat eggs, you could kill me. You put that knife down and get the fuck out of here. What have you proven? You, I've got but one life to live, so you can sit around in the cell on Monday morning feeling bad about you, my, that I that I encroached on your feelings. I hurt your feelings. So what do you do when people, Eugene, when people hurt your feelings? And nobody, nobody doesn't live in a glass house. If anybody hurts my feelings, I hurt their feelings. Lean in as close as possible so that there's not a single word missed. And I'll tell them something that's so hateful and hurtful about themselves and fundamentally so truthful that most of the times they can't handle it. You know who escapes from this? Is that line from that Linton Quasi Johnson song, I'm a merciless realist and I'm not defeatist. Well, that's the second part of the line, but the first part is the part I care about. Never ever bullshit yourself. I, some people would say, hey man, I want to take some LSD. I go, hmm, you shouldn't. What do you mean I should? You read Aldous Huxley's uh, Doors of Perception. You know, you're going to open up doors that, that you're afraid to go through and you won't be able to stop yourself and you're going to have what they call a bad trip. You got to be able to take a real good look. Take a real good look at your own face before you're safe. So what we have, we got a Khabib Who's he going to fight? The only fight for him is Tony Ferguson at this point. Because he's he is perfected this kind of wrestle mugging strategy. And I and I, I don't think I think that the, a rematch with Connor is pointless. Um, but I think Connor needs to, you know, I think maybe he needs to start working away that those six fights um, and, and do it, do it with a quickness to get that muscle back, dancing on the table in Ibiza with a cardboard cut, out, cardboard cut out of your face on your face, apparently is not, you know, my wife said about the Irish. She goes, this is like the UFC is like the Irish dream. What? Fight and get paid for it? Which is what I said when I saw his videos. People go, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is a black guy in the sport. Watching the Irish cats get into fist fights with the Russian guys in the casino. I go, man, this could have been any night. These cats would have been doing that. It just happened to be in Las Vegas. Stop it. So usually you're being racist. I'm not being racist. I've been to Ireland a lot. <laughs> and even worse than Ireland was Scotland. <laughs> and if you live there, you know what I mean. There's a reason they call Limerick Stab City, now Shotgun City, or at least it was back in the early 200s, to the aughts. So Khabib is like, who's it? He's got Ferguson. That's the only door for him. And that's if he doesn't lose the belt. Now he's put he's put the Baldwin in a situation where, okay, oh sorry. We're at the question session. If you're connected to me on on Instagram, you can direct mail me a question. And I have a question here. Uh, I don't know if you want me to mention your name. I'll say Matt W. Suggestions for friends starting out in BJJ. Hey, bro, keep to the fucking topic, man. <laughs> suggestions for starting out of bjj yeah get a good school next question uh this is from ray he says do you believe khabib opened up his wheelhouse enough for Connor to make adjustments for a rematch i think i think khabib is has been amazingly consistent and, and I, in other words i don't this is why i think the fight in itself was mediocre i don't think we saw khabib do anything that we haven't seen him already do before pa you know passing uh, pr uh what does it say uh future Future uh, past performance is no indication of future future success. In this instance, you know, past performance is going to be a future success. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. The reason why he's been getting hurt is not because he's got people say, well, maybe maybe Connor's a little chinny now after the the Mayweather thing. No, nah, that's not it. The reason why he goes, well, maybe you know, there's a super Khabib is a he's. They train like wrestlers. They train really hard, and uh, and he's a small guy in a big guy school. That that's where he is. That's where he is right now. So uh, so Khabib is. Uh, you think it's? I can't. I can't do my 16 year old daughter's wrestling workout. She was telling me what they did the other day. She said, "Well, we ran for three miles." Oh yeah. She then we did stadium carries put another wrestler on our back and ran up the stairs and then they ran down and up and then down and I said, how long did you do all that stuff for? She goes, oh, as long as it took. Uh, Ooh, that's a tough workout. Were you guys ever going to do any wrestling? She goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. 
That was before wrestling practice. And then we wrestled for an hour and a half. Get out of here. You've heard me complain before. It's a, it's a warm-up, not a workout. Oh, and this is just, it's a workout, and, and, the, and that's you don't like it? Leave. That might be why he's getting hurt. But at this point now, his options, well, he might lose his belt. They've attached his, his salary. He's looking at, at least at a fine. He has no endorsements. He has no commercials, no TV shows. There will be no Kimmel. There will be no Fallon. I mean, he could have played. It's not he, he. You don't have to be Connor. You got to be you. He could have been, you know, the humble kind of. He's got that sweet, cuddly quality, but a complete killer. And he's he's there's a certain sly humor to him. But he's not being managed well. The push-up thing with the homeless guys. I'll give you twenty dollars if you do some push-ups. Laughing at the guy, stiffing him for the fucking push-ups, and then putting that up like you thought that would be funny. That's what the world wanted to see out of you. That's bad, bad, bad. It means something that you didn't see Bob Cook or Javier there. Uh huh. Like when, when, uh, who's the dude who's working for the weed company now? Uh, the black guy, uh, the fighter, um, lost to DC. Uh, oh, well, he, he mm, I can't remember this guy's name. Oh, he's he, the one who suddenly retired. You know, he got, there was, had some, had some problems. When he was training here in San Jose, I'm not telling tales out of school. And he, there was a possible domestic situation and the cops show up and he name checked his coach. And that was a step to him getting kicked off the team and having to leave Northern California. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you will come and go. I've, I've got to be in this business for a long time. As long as far as I know, Javier's been doing this since he was fighting back in 1987. Don't mess with me. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. Absolutely do not do this to me. You lost it. You lost it. You lost the dozens. You lost your temper. You lost the game. You won the fight. You got nothing. And you know what you did? You made McNuggets seem reasonable. He's like, yeah, you know, good job. He did a good job out there. You know, I'm looking forward to a rematch. I got rematch you know what if you are listening on soundcloud i'm now making the universal sign of jerking it the guy how much money did connor make out is how much money does he have he's fighting because he it's like me with a cheat on the trigger trigonometry test at high school teacher said well i'll tell you what this question was worth 10 points i took it off because you didn't show your work if you do it on the board now i'll give you the 10 points okay did it on the where are my 10 points gave me 10 points he was enraged why? Because immediately after the test, I asked my friend Kenny Ryer, how do you do this? Why? Because I wanted to know. Connor's in it because he wants to know. He gots to know. Everybody's shitting on DC for like actually seeming to lean more favorably toward a, a, a John Jones fight. He's got to know. Johnny Boney Joni has got to know. You gots to know. Well, we, he's learned everything he needs to learn. You have learned everything you think you've, you need to. He wants to try it again. Like Shamrock and Tito, Tito said to Shamrock, I'll fight you every day if you want. I kind of shut that down. He's like, yeah, you know what? I got nothing to prove. You can't tell a guy to get there. That guy's got to get there himself. So uh, Rumble, thank you. Hey, thank you, Ray. Rumble, Anthony Rumble Johnson, that was a cat. So um, so I, I think Khabib is the least surprising fighter ever. He's amazingly reliable. I didn't see any shit where I go, oh man, I gotta, I gotta look at more Sambo video. I gotta, I, he did, he did something. Hey, and then also, um, and then also, I gotta tell you guys something. We're gonna do. I'm gonna try to append to the show, or at least publish on the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper, a jujitsu breakdown. Uh, Eugene and Marty's jujitsu breakdown. We, uh, you know, we're looking at stuff online. You know, Buchecha, We're gonna, we're gonna analyze Buchecha. So for you BJJ heads. If I don't have it right after the show, if you subscribe to this channel, you'll get it. I'll put it up later on today and uh, or maybe tonight, and you'll see uh, the first installment of the Jiu-Jitsu Breakdown. Um, so let's see. There, any more questions? Uh, nope. No more questions. Well, that's good. If you want, Oh, hold on. You are sending questions. Do, uh, do you, do you, you know, if you were, if you, you followed me on, you wouldn't have to go in this sideway where it says delete or accept. 
you don't think Khabib almost dropping Connor with that overhand right was a bit unexpected. It was not. It was unexpected, but totally expected for a guy who hasn't been in the cage in a serious way since 2016. We would have said that had we not been talking about the riot. You, you know that to be the case. We would have. There's, nobody mentioned ring rust until later, and then it was immediately eclipsed by all the shit that happened. Do you think the Ferguson-Pettis fight would have turned out differently had the ref not stopped the fight to check on? Um, no, 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 no. I, I, you, you get at something, though. You get at something that's pretty interesting, and that's that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make you crazy, and I don't want to piss you off, but the reality of it is I think there's a little stinkiness. There's a little bit of stinkiness around the Ferguson-Pettis uh, fight. Just a little bit. I'm going to, you know, when it would make me feel comfortable, it make me feel comfortable if I see some x-ray of a broken hand uh, that he puts up on his on his uh, uh, Twitter feed. And then even then, I want to see a date on it. I don't know, because I'm thinking about what the jungle would want. You want to ruin Ferguson before the payday with, with McNuggets to get you what? In actual fact, I think that I'm I'm just talking about, you know, I'm talking about uh, the Leonard Cohen universe. Everybody knows the dice are loaded. The best thing would have been for Pettis to lose. He could have traded that for future considerations that will be taken seriously. He, he's not gonna. He's not making that sign around uh, his waist about the belt because he knows. But getting good fights, getting fights that make him money, putting asses in seats, and encouraging—in other words, fighter development—that's a good move. So, um, you know, um, okay. Oh, sorry, you do follow me. All right. I don't know why it went in the. It went in the weird folder where I have to accept the request. But um, so, I, you know, I think that Kokoi should have gone to physical therapy. I think it was too soon on his knee. I don't think he, I know from, they told me, even my doctor said, oh, you'll be six months when I had the ruptured quadriceps tendon after fighting with Kung Lee. That was my injury. Six months, I was like, yo, bro. He goes, well, no, you got to do ferret therapy for six more months. And after a year, he's like, you're fine. Yeah, a guy who doesn't do MMA is telling me I'm fine. Walking around in that broken stick, I could tell you I wasn't fine. How long did I wait? 18 months. Then I was fine. He wants to feel fine. He wanted to keep his name in the conversation, and he did it. You know, Pettis did him a solid. But I want to see, I, I don't, whether it was collusion, I don't know. I want to see the x-ray. I want to see the x-ray. Other question. Okay, what other fighters from lightweight and welterweight do you think can be Khabib. It's pretty clear to me that uh, that we're talking about a, a grappler. We're not. We're not. But the thing is, you know, a grappler. I mean, how good of a grappler do you have to be to beat Khabib? I guess we'll find out, right? And if if he had kept himself solvent, you know, they would have done like they did with McNuggets and fundamentally kept him away from super super threats, super threats. Super threats are the guys in his wheelhouse who are doing the same thing Who any day of the week. I mean, him against Ally Quinta was not – there were enough holes in his game where I felt comfortable enough picking against him. But the reality of it is it's still a Gracie universe. It's a Gracie universe because the reality of it is still true. If you can't in one or two shots keep me from getting my hands on you, you, the non-grappler, are fucked. This is why I like – as a self-defense item, I like the karambit. You don't know what it is? Look it up. K-A-R-A-M-B-I-T. That in the hands of a grappler in a life or death uh, 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 self-defense situation, forget it. Forget it. Your your Achilles tendon is sliced. You're done. Done, 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 done. Done. So, uh, but at this point, Khabib is not calling any more shots. That's where he would have been had he had won. He would have been calling shots about who he will fight and who he won't fight. Not that that's he seeded that he seeded that to the court of public opinion and the bald one. Uh oh. Uh oh. Kind of sucks. Kind of sucks. Okay. Oh, this is a long one. Question Hey, Eugene, what do you make of Dominic Reyes confusing win over Overset Pro? Clears Reyes knocked him out and walked away, yet officially he won by unanimous decision. I was very impressed with Reyes' entire, yet yeah, agreed. Entire approach and dominance throughout the fight agreed. But you remember, if you watch a care, don't care preview, I didn't care about this fight because Oversee Pru is very disappointing and has always disappointed me. A well-rounded game. Obviously, his decision ends his seven-in-a-row finish streak as it was declared a decision rather than finish. What do you observe? And what were you? Uh, yeah, I was impressed with his performance, but then it all made sense to me when they said Joe Stevenson go, whoa, dark star action, man. 
It was like, Joe Stevens, I remember that guy. And he was in the corner coaching. That guy, you take a professional athlete and put, put him in the fighting. He's got the reflexes. It was impressive. But Ovin St. Prue is always, to me, not impressive. So it was it was a fight I didn't care about. And I have to say, in a weird way, I don't care about the fight anymore, though I care about Dominic Reyes in a way that I didn't before. I think he's somebody to watch. And I'm watching and paying attention. But yeah, that whole ending thing, that was bullshit. It was a knockout, man. I mean, I couldn't hear the bell, and I didn't get a chance to zap Bruder it. I was actually in a place where I could hear it and didn't have to keep ordering water. Um, and the last one before before we start to close out, Eugene, uh, UFC wasted no time with helping Garbron get back surgery, but Derek Lucius keeps getting ran out there. Yep, with all of his comments on his back, and I know it's kind of weird, right? They keep talking. I go, what? He still hasn't fixed his back? Guy gets a KO and everyone forgets the fact his back is jacked up so bad that it affects his fight style. Should they do something, or am I in the midst just praying for a hand? No, no, they should do something. And that was the last question for this session. Uh, uh, they should do something, but the reality of it is, it's not that they don't care about him. Um, it's that uh, it's that they it's the paucity of it, this is the, a lack of a strong and healthy heavyweight division. You know, wh- who are you going to run out there? Who are you going to run out there? You're going to run out in Ganu? Uh-uh. Were you going to over him again? No. Kane, not ready. Or apparently, I don't know what's going on with Kane. So the guy, look, that guy fought recently. He fought in Ghana. That wasn't a real fight, but his back, I mean, he really shouldn't be out there. He should be getting the help that he needs, but he's doing a solid for the Baldwin. Will it be returned? Has it ever? I guess he's still fighting. He's still getting paid. Still fighting. still getting paid. So... As we come to the conclusion of V35, the Eugene S. Robinson showstopper. Later on, I will put up the um, I'll put up the uh, Jiu-Jitsu breakdown. So if you subscribe to the channel, um, when I put it up, it'll notify you. Uh, as usual, there'll be a lag if you just like listen to this on SoundCloud. It'll be a day after, you know, it'll be a day after. Um, and if you are if you are in Baltimore at the War Memorial tomorrow night. Come up and say hello to me. I'll be there. I'm in town for like eight hours. Say hello uh, before I leave back to California. But at War Memorial in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, you can see me in person. I'll be at the front door saying hello to people. Uh, uh, so at Eugene S. Robinson, Twitter feed, you want to you want to get on uh, on board. Uh, if it's uh, if it's Instagram, Mr. Sleep three, the number three. And if you're blocked on your page, then you got to know that I'm not going to until I I got to see in your world before I let you see in mine. But uh, Twitter is a free for all. Um, I didn't get to some of the other fights. And that says a lot. (laughs) You know, I got to the top three. Um, It should be noted, however, that out of all my I got six fights right. I was right. I picked Michelle uh, Karate Hadi Waterston. Um, I picked and Kidnate picked against me, got all of his picks wrong, with the exception of the headliner fight. So you all out there have to decide how much you want to weight that fight to see if if Kidnate's sole win uh, makes up for the my almost royal flush of picks on uh, uh, on UFC 229. Uh, but um, at this point, I know I, I spent remarkably little time talking about McNuggets, but McNuggets played it exactly how you should play. He was humble in, in defeat. He he got his his whiskey sponsored. He was he turned and looked ahead. He's got his his work cut out for him. He should be bringing in some collegiate wrestlers or quasi Olympic wrestlers. I know Lee Kemp, who I've written an article about for Ozzy.com, is up at uh, Team Alpha Male. Uh, didn't know that, did you? You know, so you have Mark Schultz is still out there. I can contact him if you're interested. But you got to start working with a uh, high level. It pretty much, if you spent the next six months, you wouldn't lose enough on your boxing game for it to make a difference. And realistically, people don't need to hear from you for another six months. Woodshed, woodshed, woodshed. That's my only advice for McNuggets. That's it. And at this part, you know, the lucky, the most direct, and I, then I'll, I'm going to close out with this, the most direct beneficiary, the people who are sitting, sitting prettiest, on now Sunday, October 7th, are people with the last name Diaz. <laughs> They're like the ace in the hand. They could be a one or they could be an 11. But you mix them with Khabib, it's a great fight. You mix them with Connor, it's a great fight. You can't say that. They're like that blood type that's universal. And you can't say that about, uh, about Khabib. 
depending on the, the punishments that are going to be levied, and we'll see those in the next few days, he could be suspended for six months. You don't know. And then stripped of the belt. And they'd have his money halved. All kinds of things could happen. Guys on this team, I hope that slap was worth it because you got no career. Oh, I'm going to fight in Bellator. Lots of luck. It's stupid. Did it restore an ounce of your honor? You know, Connor played it well. And if you don't think Connor's connected, he's connected as well. There's an expose on him. But, you know, it's like, fuck it or fuck it, let's make this thing work. What happened on Saturday night was work. If you don't know that, woe betide you. Anyway, that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, like I said. Uh, if you want to read more of my stuff, you can go to ozzy.com, ozy.com. Just go to the little bar and type in my name. A lot of the sex column stuff will show up. That's fine. But there are also things on you know, a lot of true story stuff. Poland, yeah, a lot of stuff. I got a piece coming up on Anthony Kiedis. I don't want, I'm not going to spill the beans. If you want to know what it's like, look at my piece on Jack Black. Anyway, this is V35, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. Uh, thanks for listening. Tuesday night, we got If I Did It, and if the shoes fit, God, you cannot miss these shows. I'm flying all the way back country, cross country to, to, to get back for these shows. Do not miss them. Um, and uh, we're done. I got nothing else to say except, look what you made me do! Hey!